This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Welcome to Market Scale Industrial IoT. I'm your host, Sean Heath. The concept of IoT is moving forward rapidly. It seems to evolve at an exponential rate almost daily. There's always a new story, a new widget, a new gadget, a new advancement. And and that's great. It's very exciting. I'm a gadget guy. I love innovation. But I'm also not trying to run a large manufacturing concern. Um, sometimes the implementation of an innovation can be a bit of a headache because how do I fit this into what I'm doing without disrupting what I'm doing and there's bottom lines that have to be measured and compared and ROI and it can cost quite a bit of a headache and I don't even own a company. I can't imagine how stressful it is for people who do. Well, guess who gets to see that stress up close and personal? But even more importantly, he gets to ease and relieve that stress because he kind of knows what he's talking about. My guest on the podcast today is, is the sales representative and marketing supervisor for IntelliFinishing, John Clayman. John, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sean. Glad to speak to you. Hey, it's very nice to have a chance to chat with you today. Am I right that the new technology can make manufacturers, distribution chains, it can make them a little nervous, right? Oh, absolutely. Um particularly when we're talking about a finishing system, it, a lot of uh, us in the industry, we, we tend to uh, describe the finishing process as the uh, shoemaker's son. You know, it's, it's a thing that all manufacturers have to do. They have to finish their products to protect those products. But a lot of times it, it's the little part of the system in the manufacturing facility that's over in the corner. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to think about it too much, but when they get to the point where they really need something better and maybe more throughput, better quality, all of those things, it can be quite an expensive process to upgrade. And, uh, and that's where kind of the rubber hits the road, I guess. Can we take a moment and discuss different styles of finishing systems? I know you've seen everything. Well, yes, you know, and there are manual systems that we we call batch systems and and many um, people start out with that so they're just literally fork trucking their product around the plant and they take it into a booth and they finish it and they do go through a process with that but eventually there comes a time when they need to start automating that process or if their volume requires it and so the traditional way to do that, it's been around since Henry Ford time, is the monorail system. And, and that's just a, a chain that runs on a track, an overhead system, and parts are hung on those tracks. And uh, they flow through that system at a constant rate of speed. And each process along the way from the pre-finished process would be normally would be some sort of cleansing process to make sure that part is doesn't have any oils or dirts on it so that the finish will adhere to it well. And then um, after cleaning, it, there might be a drying process, especially if we're doing a powder finish, uh, which is kind of a plasticized powder that uh, gets sprayed onto the part. And then it's gonna go into its other processes, which is 
would be the powder booth and then afterwards it's pretty common with liquid to have a force cure process or an oven that will speed up the process of curing that paint uh, in a powder situation you would also have a cure process and in that case it melts the uh, plastic powder uh, so we have to heat that up to a fairly high degree to get that to melt and to solidify and then it comes out it's uh, nice and pretty and uh, and after all, we all want our uh, products to look uh, beautiful the first time we buy it. As this process evolves, there is a degree of automation increase with each evolution. Yeah, the next step besides a simple chain is then a power and freeze system, which is a chain that has multiple chains. And so with that, you could have different parts on the chain that can uh, go in different directions at different points in the process, or they could stop. So that's the power and free. Beyond that, the next newest thing that we developed about uh, 10 years ago would be a, what we call a friction tube system. So with a friction tube system, there is no chain. It's really sort of based on a, sort of an Archimedes screw idea, but you take a aluminum tube, and you attach to it a trolley that has cantilevered wheels on it. And so those cantilevered wheels are spring-loaded up against that tube. And when that tube turns to the right, it'll move that trolley forward. When it turns to the left, it'll move that trolley backwards. So with that type of system, we're not constrained by having to move always in the same direction, which is what is common with any chain-based system. And there are a series of other benefits, uh, including a lot more flexibility with the whole process. And then ultimately, there's actually a considerable cost savings in terms of the cost to operate such a system. Why can it be so much cheaper? Probably one of the biggest reasons is uh, in terms of natural gas, a lot of systems will have multiple ovens on that system. And I talked about a dry op stage and also a cure stage. With a chain system, it is typical to have a part window of whatever size will fit your largest part you need to do on that system. And then the chain and the conveyor itself runs through that oven and it actually absorbs a, a substantial amount of the BTUs going through the oven. In fact, uh, one recent analysis I did on a fairly large system doing some pretty large parts showed that head-to-head -head, about 18% of the BTUs for this large chain system we could save on our system. So with our system, we actually cannot run our conveyor part through the oven. We have to run it above the oven. So what we'll do is we'll design that oven so it has a slot in the top of it all the way across. And the conveyor is on top of that. And then the parts are hung down through that slot in the uh, part window. And uh, what we do to conserve heat from that slot is put a, what's called an air knife, but it's basically a big long blower and it will blow across that slot and keep the heat down into the oven. There's very little heat loss that way, but there isn't any chain running through the system, so we can see substantial savings of BTUs. All of that heat is then allowed to concentrate to a greater extent on the product. So it's a little bit like if you're making cookies and you make them on a cast iron skillet, put them on that and put them in your oven, 
it'll probably work. You'll be able to cook those cookies, but you may have to run it longer or you, you may find that they're not going to be quite as done as if you do one of those lightweight aluminum cookie sheets. And so that's kind of the difference there. It's, it's a, it can be a substantial amount of savings. To recap a few of the points that you laid out, you said 18% savings on the heat loss. That's not a small number in the manufacturing industry. 5% would be a massive number. 18% is almost to the point of being ridiculous. It's really quite a bit, and it's just a, you know, companies are so used to the idea that there's going to be this big chain and it's going to go through their ovens, they don't even question that there might be a different way to do it. And, and this is relatively new technology. One of the things that prevents some adoption uh, is just the fact that uh, chain-based systems have been so robust and durable, they last forever. And so once you put a big investment into uh, a system, you're not probably gonna change it all that often. But you could see differences in a cost to run you might see uh, a system easily run $100 or $200 an hour just for BTUs on a system, and you could see cost $40, $50 less per hour with, with our system. And with that being such a, a great financial savings, that doesn't even take into account the environmental impact. It seems that IntelliFinishing syncs up very well with the current trend of going green. How else does IntelliFinishing sync up with this trend? You know, it is absolutely greener. Uh, it also saves on electricity costs. A lot of chain systems are built with uh, basically an on-off switch. They just turn on during the day. They turn off at the end of the day, at the end of shift. And um, they have several large motor, they call them caterpillar drives that run those systems. And with our system, each section of track, each section of aluminum tubing, if you will, which could be any size from, you know, just a few feet to 65 feet long, but the track is laid out like a train track, you might say, with these different sections. And each section of track only runs when there's product present. And we spin that tube with little tiny motors, half horsepower or one horsepower motors. And so there's this huge conservation of energy. With a chain system, if you're sitting there and somebody has to take a break, and so we're not loading products for a while, well, there's a whole gap. That chain's just going to keep going. So you're still spending all the money to run that system while nothing is on it. So you're spending without producing. Exactly. That doesn't seem like a good business strategy. And I want to go back to, to the chain system for just a moment. Sure. Those tracks, the monorail, that the chains travel along, that entire system, I've seen that framework in several factory floors. It's static. It's staying where it is until a major overhaul. But IntelliFinishing has the ability to, as you mentioned, it's more flexible. You can, it's almost, I want to say it's almost like Hot Wheel tracks. Remember those? Yeah. And you yeah. could build it any way you wanted. And, oh, I don't want to go over the couch anymore. Now I want to go around the chair. So you just take the pieces and you rearrange them. IntelliFinishing actually provides that as an ability, which I'm going to imagine also lessens the footprint 
that a system has to cover because you have more flexibility. Absolutely. Those are um, some additional benefits of the system. Uh, we, we tend to uh, relate it. I like your analogy with the uh, track. We tend to uh, relate it to an erector set. It's, it's built in sections, it's bolted together. It's not welded. A lot of the chain systems that you've seen, Sean, are probably welded in place. We call them monument systems. And, and, and here's the thing, the industry as a whole is constantly in, innovating as all industries must do. But these chain systems are holding manufacturers back because they just simply can't be uh, adjusted, as you mentioned, or changed or sped up or even slowed down if needed or whatever as much as what this innovation is calling for. So if a new paint comes out that is, can allow a much faster cure process, it's very difficult for the manufacturers to take advantage of that because their chain only runs at X feet per minute through that oven and it's a certain length of time. How are they going to do it? It's, it's, it's very difficult. I don't want you to name names. But I would imagine you have walked into some situations, some factory floors that just made you want to bang your head against one of those monument pieces. Can you discuss one of the toughest projects that you've been involved in as far as implementation and how you approached resolving just the cluster you saw before your eyes when you walked onto the floor? Sure. Um, Recently, we're we're installing a system right now, and uh, this particular customer was faced with... uh, their current system was extremely old. A lot of aspects of it would be difficult to replace if, if, if it broke down. And they needed to increase throughput dramatically. They needed to increase the size of their part window because they had developed new products that had gotten larger and larger over time. And their manufacturing floor only had so much space to be able to accommodate a system. So, we were able to design a system that featured two shuttles. And one of the advantages of that was is that we could do a relatively long part, in their case, about 12 feet long on one part of this whole system. And we could do items up to 23 foot long on another part of the same system, sharing some parts of the process. And so the system is smart enough that I'm loading this kind of part today it's going to go off onto shuttle number one, move up through a wash. This is a liquid system, so it was moving right into a booth coming out of the wash or one of a couple different booths. They had a really big booth for the big item and a smaller booth for the, for the rest of it, but they would use either booth. And then it would go into its cure cycle uh, oven and then to a unload station. Whereas with the longer part, they would not run it through the automatic wash, but just take it to a manual wash station and be able to handle it that way. So they didn't have to design a wash that was really huge based on their longest and biggest part. They only had to design an automatic wash based on the smaller part. And so that would save them a a heck of a lot of money. Um, And then they could move that part through their other shuttle, their bigger shuttle back into their big booth and then into their dry off oven But the thing is, we could put it in and then back it up, right back out, whereas normal product flow would be to flow right through that oven. So anyway, bottom line, it ends up fitting in their footprint. It gives them a nice compact system. And yet it provides a great degree of flexibility because some of the parts they're going to cure are going to need 
40 minutes of time, but some parts they're going to cure may only need 30 minutes of time or 25 minutes of time. So each part, as it gets loaded onto the system, would have that as part of its recipe, if you will. Back to baking cookies, every cookie has its own recipe. In our case, we can design that system so it has its recipe, and then it's going to be able to consistently hit all those parameters every time, and uh, the client doesn't have to think about it. And they don't have to worry about items uh, banging into things as it tries to turn corners uh, when they're trying to fit something that's just too big to fit on a chain system. You're very focused on two important factors in the production system, and that is speed and the ability to be flexible with speed and distance. It sounds like you're able to remove a lot of gaps with the IntelliFinishing system that normally would be non-negotiable. Absolutely. This is a probably the second biggest area of savings for a system that we can help with. And that is that it, anybody who's worked on a chain-based system, it's kind of like the old Lucille Ball uh, example, you know, where the conveyor belt started getting faster and she kept trying to keep up with uh, chocolates and things like that. With a chain system, that chain tends to run all day long. So if somebody needs to take a break, let's say at loading for you know, let's say they're supposed to be loading a product every four minutes on that system to keep it at rate, uh, but they take an extra four minutes because they can, they needed to go take a break. Well, they passed up four minutes of time, and if that thing is running at ten feet per minute, then there's a forty foot gap in that chain, which actually turns into eighty feet because when you start the process back up, you still have that gap. Well, right. If they're going to start over, the chain will never catch up to itself. It doesn't have a, a, an ability to do that. But with our system, we're able to program it in such a way that as long as these are not you know, occurring every single time, <laughs> as long as it's just an occasional gap like that, we'll actually just cause that carrier to speed up and maybe an extra 10 or even 20 feet per minute in a non-process area, and it's important to recognize it has to be, most of the time it has to be a non-process area because we wouldn't want to speed it up, let's say in the cure oven, because then it, would, it wouldn't spend as much time in the cure oven as needed. But in a non-process area, as it tries to make its way around the track, we can go quicker. So we can make up, in your example, 80 feet, by going 20 feet per minute faster, we can make it up in four minutes, and then we're caught up to the carrier head. That is really cool. It's almost like you have created the concept of a river moving through this factory. And when you need to move a part of the product or a part of the manufacturing off of the main line, you just put it over in a little eddy in a whirlpool off to the side for just a minute. And then you can reintroduce it into the flow at the perfect time. That's really smart. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy as well. I'm going to borrow that one, Sean. <laughs> I will give that to you for free. Okay. No royalties needed. Okay, good. I knew that I was going to be smarter when I finished talking with you today, John. I really did. And you know what? I do feel smarter. This is a good feeling, and the day's not even over yet. <laughs> this day's turned out to be quite successful, John, thanks to you. Well, thank you. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with the sales representative and marketing supervisor for IntelliFinishing, John Clayman. John, thank you so much for taking the time today. I've really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun, and, and I really did learn some very cool things from you. I would love to have another opportunity to have a conversation with you anytime it fits into your schedule my friend sounds good john i appreciate it and it was a pleasure 